The NFL Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Gambling Podcast here on late Sunday afternoon, October 16th. I'm your host for the episode, Scott Reichel, because Munaf had to, unfortunately, put his computer down. Rest <laughs> in peace. Hopefully, he'll be back next week because he's on about 40 podcasts, so it'd be a little bit of a scramble uh, to fill in for him. But I'm joined by his usual co-host for this episode, Dylan Rockford. You can find him on the NFL Podcast, obviously, and the MLB Gambling Podcast, I know that they've been doing great work over there during the MLB playoffs. But Dylan, I see based on the jersey, I know a lot of people can't actually see that because this is an audio podcast, but you got yourself a nice Garrett Wilson Jets jersey. So I'm assuming you had a pretty nice Sunday. Yeah, pretty nice Sunday. Good to be with you, Scott. I think this is our first podcast together. So thank you for the intro. But uh, yeah, good win over here in New York for the Jets. Uh, kind of took it to the Packers. I uh, was surprised how well our defense is traveling. So we got a big game next week in Mahai, but. I like the way this team's going. Yeah, definitely a pleasant surprise. I thought the Jets would cover. I was kind of shocked that the Packers were favored by about seven there because Green Bay yeah. traveling back from London and with the weapons, or I kind of use that as an oxymoron because they really don't have many options there. The Jets really just dominated post-halftime, and we saw it was a very ugly game yeah. for the majority. The game really shifted once the Jets blocked the punt. Once they mm-hmm. went up two touchdowns, the game was kind of a wrap from there. You had a couple of ticky-tack fouls that ended up extending some Packer drives. But at the end of the day, the Jets' defense took over most of the pass rush. Uh, Gardner is a top-five corner in the yeah. league. I don't care okay. what anybody says. I think he's absolutely incredible. And Brees Hall took over the second half. They ran the ball down their throats. Uh, it was kind of funny because the Jets ended up having about eight plays or maybe 12 plays inside Green Bay is like three-yard line, but you had two separate defensive penalties to extend the drive, and they still couldn't score. So that kind of ended up resulting in a solid under, which got into a bit of a sweat there. But anything else you want to actually talk about with that Jets-Packers game? Because I know that we're two of the only Jets fans on the planet who've been fans <laughs> through and through, and it was a very good Sunday. And the team's 4-2. Yeah. and two. It's the first time they're two games over since probably the 10-6 and six Fitzpatrick year. Right? Wow. I'd have to assume so. Right? I'd have to assume so. Yeah. I'm not used to having these kind of Sundays. It's nice, to be honest. And we actually admit that we're Jet fans. I know a lot of closet Jet fans. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think the game turned on its head when we blocked the punt, scoop and score. Uh, we actually blocked a nice field goal uh, mm. in the first half. I thought it was really good. Defense shows up every every week. What concerns me a little moving forward is the third. We got to get that get off on third down. We're one of the worst teams on third down. So penalties have been hurting us. But I, I really like us staying consistent with the run. We're running it a lot better than we did last year. Bre- uh, Breezy Hall, he's he's special. I thought that was one of the steals in the draft. Uh, we did it without our guy, Jermaine Johnson. Elijah Moore had no catches, and we still got the win. So love the game. Uh, and, yeah, it was just a great win overall. 
Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time going yeah. into the Jets game because this isn't a Jets podcast, unfortunately. I'll have to talk to Sean about that because he's got an Eagles podcast, which is kind <laughs> of unfair, but still. Uh, definitely a nice win there. Also a nice win for the other team in New York as the Giants yeah. ended up winning against the Ravens. Uh, I know that you aren't exactly too happy about that one because of some personal action, but either way, uh, Lamar Jackson kind of blew the game in the final two possessions there, but we don't know if all three New York teams are going to win or not because Buffalo is still in the middle of their game against Kansas City, but yeah. the Giants and the Jets are a combined 9-3, and three, right? Wow. Just saying. It's interesting yeah. times in New York. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, it is, but hopefully we don't fall, fold like the baseball New York teams. <laughs> Well, That's hopefully the, the my Yankees play in about 40 minutes. I'm, huh. I'm not exactly, you know, feeling too good about it, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Either yeah. way, uh, I do want to at least segue a bit to the actual Monday night game. Uh, we are going to mm-hmm. take a quick break in a second, but just to introduce the game itself, you have uh, the Broncos on national TV again. Well, I can't even say again because the Amazon, Amazon does the Thursday game, so those <laughs> atrocities aren't even on TV. But now everybody can watch uh, Russell Wilson try to cook with a newly repaired shoulder as he takes on the Chargers. Uh, First of all, before we get into the actual breakdown, scale from 1 to 10, 1 being I'll watch something else, 10 being I can't wait for the game. Where's your current number at? Who? Uh, To be honest, it's around 6, 7. If it's a stinker like Thursday night and we have three points, two minutes left in the first half – it, it might get shift. It might get changed the channel. So I, I think the, I'm a big uh, singing kind of guy. So I might change over to the voice if the game is that bad. Okay, fair enough. Well, similarly to the voice, I might try to listen to the game instead of watching it because yeah. it might just hurt my eyes. But either way, before we actually get into the breakdown, do you want to take a quick word from our sponsors? Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join WinBet Biggest Winners Club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, somebody turned $6 into $4,000. Plus, they also got a free $1,000 bet. WinBet is truly hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through some brief Jets celebration talk, so now time to actually segue into the Monday night game. We tried to delay it as long as we could, but unfortunately, this is the purpose of the episode, so we got to talk about it. To go through the actual spread and total for this one the Broncos are four and a half point underdogs on the road as they travel to the Chargers the Chargers are technically at home but no home fans go to their go to their games so I don't know if that counts as home field advantage or not but the game's in California all that matters and the over under is 45 and a half first of all gonna start with you uh Dylan I'm not sure if you think it's too many points or not I know Denver's been an atrocious offensive team the Chargers have Looked like a Staley coach team, and every game seems to be close no matter how they slice it. But which way are you leaning for for this division matchup? Yeah, so I feel like Denver has just been a complete shit show. I feel like they're playing for their pride in this game after getting booed at home last week. Uh, looks like Keenan Allen will be out for this game. Uh, 
Broncos, they're one and four ATS while Chargers, they're four and one. I do think the Chargers have been a little lucky. All the trends, they're telling me to take the Broncos, but I swore a few pods ago that I would never take them again this season. So my, my problem with the Broncos is their inability to score. They rank 31st in yards per point, 27th in DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. So I know all the reports are saying Russ is fine. He shouldn't have any problems after that minor surgery on his shoulder, but I just don't know if I could trust him right now. They don't have a run game. Their offensive line is banged up. Now the Chargers, they are dealing with some injuries, but they're starting to get bodies back into the fold. So I feel like they're a little more healthier at this point. I feel like the Chargers underperforming is actually due, due to them being banged up as opposed to the Broncos who actually have coaching problems. So I feel like that's why we're getting a short number here at with the Chargers at home. Chargers, they've come back uh in two games this far last two games and they've won they've covered both on the road they scored 30 and 34 i think herbert will be the best quarterback uh the broncos have faced and he's been solid against the uh the blitz i think the broncos are going to try to blitz him he's been solid against that i feel like if the scoring gets going for the chargers it's going to be hard for the broncos to keep up so i'll lay the points with the home team i think they're playing better football right now so minus four and a half for the chargers for me yeah, well, you mentioned some of the injuries. I actually will go through some of those. The Chargers should be missing a decent amount of players. Keenan Allen is doubtful. Joey Bosa is still on the IR. You have Corey Lindsley, who's questionable, which would be a big deal because he's a very solid center when he plays. Uh, besides that, they have Pipkins, who's questionable with an MCL injury on the offensive line. Slater's also injured on the offensive line. And Trainer is on the IR. So they're down a decent amount of offensive linemen and backups as well. So protection might be a bit of an issue, especially since Denver has a very good pass rush. But to go through Denver's injuries, I don't think they're missing that many guys. The issue is that the coaching staff is just awful. So that's kind of the main reason why they've been struggling. Uh, they also have some offensive line issues, though. Bowles is out. We saw that he brutally injured his leg. He's going to be out for the year. Kind of sad to see there. Uh, Compton is returning from the PUP list. So that could give them a bit of a boost there for offensive line depth. Uh, besides that, Darby is out for the year as well with a knee injury. Uh, Gregory's on the IR. Uh, Jules on uh, Jules out with a knee injury. Yeah, I kind of take it back. I underestimated how many guys got hurt last week. But they should be missing a decent amount. Justin Simmons also out as well with an I He's on the IR uh, with a quad injury. Both teams seem to be banged up to hell and back. Uh, not to mention the fact Javante Williams, of course, still out for the year. Tim Patrick still out for the year. Uh, for this one, though... It's really tough because I try to handicap NFL games based on scheduling spot in some aspects. And I think it's a huge advantage for Denver playing on a Thursday and then having extra time to prep, including the Monday night aspect of it. So I do think it helps Denver because they have extra time to repair. The problem is I don't trust the people that are preparing the team because I don't think that they have a good yeah. coach. So I think at the end of the day, four and a half does seem a bit right. My favorite play on the game is going to be on the under. I, I'm going to yeah. take the under. I think both teams are just too injured, and I don't trust Denver to actually move the ball on a regular basis. And even though people came out and said Wilson should be fine, he still had surgery in the middle of the season. So yeah. it doesn't exactly mean he's fine. That's a pretty low bar if you're using the term fine for a midseason surgery on your throwing shoulder. It, it was throwing shoulder? Yeah, it was his throwing shoulder. That's not an ideal sign. Uh, yeah, in baseball terms, you can call it Tommy John. No, but the point is you have some yeah. uh, surgeries on the arm. It's never exactly a good situation of the shoulder. So I am concerned there. I like the under. If I had to actually pick the spread, I think I'll hold my nose and take the Broncos. 
I'm not going to bet it. I'll be the first to admit that. But I do think in a lower scoring game, which we're anticipating, and the fact that both teams are so banged up, I'll take Denver because I like their defense a lot more than the Chargers. I think they could force Herbert into making some mistakes. I think they could contain Eckler. And I just think at the end of the day, you have Sertan matched up on Williams, and I like that matchup for Denver. I think if they can keep him in check and prevent Eckler from going berserk for several touchdowns or 170 yards, I don't think the Chargers have any great weapons offensively. So I see a very ugly game. Give me like a 2017-type game. I'm not thinking Denver to win. But I think that this spreads a little bit high since you do have the three and four key numbers covered. Mm. I'll lean to Denver, but I have a much bigger lean towards the under. Yeah, Scott, you mentioned about the 10 days rest that they are getting. Russ is 0-2 straight up ATS in his career versus the Chargers. Since 2020, Russ is 0-3 ATS on 10 plus days of rest. Russ is 0-4 and 1 ATS on more than a week's rest off and straight up. So, the numbers aren't really – I think we're going to see some regression to the mean from both teams because I feel like Russ is good off of a loss. 60% ATS after a loss, 67% ATS as a divisional underdog. But this was when he had a really good team over there in Seattle. This is a much different team, different coaching staff. So I, I agree with the under as well. We got a little ref report too, uh, courtesy of Moonoff. So Rob, uh, how do you say his, la- his last name? Tor- Torbit? Sure. What's wrong yeah. with that? Yeah. So the unders 28 and nine, 76% in the 30 game, 38 games he's officiated since last year, 2020 or two years ago, excuse me. That's the most profitable ref to the under in that span by over a thousand dollars. So it, it's very interesting. So the number started around 46 and a half. It's been bet down to 45 and a half under Brand, uh, Brandon Staley. Chargers over unders under 50. He's 10 and two to the over 50 or more. He's seven and three to the under according to win bet overwhelming support to the under at their books. 59% of the bets and 74% of the money are on the under like you. I think that is the right side. Russ is still a little banged up. They're thin at running back. Like you mentioned, I just can't imagine them being in a shootout, especially since the chargers are great against the pass. They can't stop the run, but I think the Broncos defense is good enough to hold them to maybe about 20, 24 points. So I got to take the under in this primetime game as well. It's also the very tricky part of the matchup because the Chargers are awful against the run, like one of the worst teams in the league against the run. That's been the case pretty much since Staley got there. But the Broncos can't run the ball because the offensive line isn't very good. (laughs) And now Bowles is hurt. So their offensive line is even worse than it was previously. So it is kind of interesting to see – an awful running game against an awful run defense. And we'll see what actually gives. But besides that though, you have any thoughts on any props, any individual players you're targeting? Because I feel like even though we like the under, we're both not exactly sold on the side at all. I think we slightly disagreed, but Mm -hmm. it feels like a coin flip to me for the spread. So for, I'll ask you first about the props, but are you in full Russell Wilson fade mode? Because interception seems a little bit tempting to me. Yeah, he, I think him, just like Russell Wilson, uh, excuse me, uh, Matthew Stafford, you just got to automatically bet an interception. Like you said, I I, I did, for, for the f- sake of the show, I did side with the Chargers. I don't know if I'll get to the window with them as an official bet, but I do side with them. I think they could get it done by a touchdown. As for, as for a player prop, I do like one. Austin Eckler, you mentioned him a little earlier. Over 47 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. You mentioned it a little earlier. I think a key to this handicap was linebacker Josley Jewell. He's going to be out. 
it's an important he's an important piece to this Bronco defense, especially in the run. He leads the team in tackles and he's only played three of the five games so far. I think the Chargers are going to have to run the ball a little more tomorrow night. Eckler, he's coming off a huge game against the Browns, 16 carries for 173 yards. He had 13 carries in four of his five games, but I think this matchup is kind of favorable for him. The Chargers ran a season high 49% last week with Eckler getting 60% of those carries. So I think if Eckler is able to get 12, 14 carries, I think he could go over this number, especially with their leading tackler out. So Austin Eckler over 47 and a half rushing yards for me. Yeah, that number, I also agree, just seems extremely low considering the fact that, uh, wait, I'm sorry, what was the number you said for Eckler? 47, uh, 57 and a half I got. Okay, it's 57 and a half. Okay. I, th I thought you said 47 and a half before. So, yeah, I think that number is a bit too low anyway, uh, since he should get a workload. He's been absolutely torching defenses the last couple weeks. So, I do think that he is definitely the hot hand you want to follow since he has done very well. And Denver's defense is still good, but the issue is that's still banged up. I'm trying to think of any individual players that I like the overs on. I don't see many. I'm yeah. thinking about an under with Mike Williams because I do think Sertan's going to be just completely on him the entire game. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if Denver will shadow over the top because with Allen being out, who else is really going to scare you? I know Palmer's been banged up, but he hasn't been great this season anyway. And you're looking at the other weapons. Do you like any other receivers? Because they have Everett as a tight end who's hit or miss. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's mostly just boomer bust with Williams, isn't it? Because Guyton's also yeah. hurt. Yeah, I, I would say that's the only legit receiver they have right now. Um, what's his receiver knows prop that. at? So I think I think they'll. Uh, it's at sixty-eight and a half. Six sixty-eight and a half. He did have two monster games back to back, but that's a, that was against the Browns and the Texans. Cleveland gave so, him three hundred plus yards to Zappy, so yeah. I, they cannot stop <laughs> yeah. the pass at all. So no. I'm not going to read much into those. No, I kind of like the under for Williams. I don't think either offense is going to move the ball that easily with all Me the either. offensive line concerns especially with a banged up Russ. I, I think you and I are on the same page where we don't think he is going to be 100%, regardless of what all the reports indicate. Yeah, and Williams is mostly a deep play guy. I know he occasionally catches some stuff underneath, but if he's going to go over, you want him to catch that 50-yard bomb. I don't see Sertan allowing that, and I don't no. think the Chargers are going to target Williams a ton as a possession receiver because that's not really his role. So no. I kind of like the under on Williams there. I just think 68 and a half is a bit too high. I am wondering if you had any thoughts on Saulbert, because I see his receiving number is 15 and a half. I'm not saying he's a great tight end, but he gets volume and Denver seems to use him a decent amount. He's get he's gotten the majority of the snaps for the tight end spot for pretty much the last couple of weeks. You have any thoughts on him? Because I don't know if he's a good player or not. I don't think he's anything special, but based on volume alone, do you think 15 and a half is a little bit short? Because it kind of feels a bit short since I don't really like the Chargers linebacking core. No, it seems a bit short to me. I don't know too much about him, but I feel like um, I feel like uh, Russ likes to get bailed out by his tight end. So if no one is open with besides Jerry, Judy, and Sutton, I, I think he might go to him. So I do like that. Well, a couple of numbers to back up the over there. He's gone over in three of the last four games. Uh, he had five catches in the Thursday night game against the Colts. He had seven targets, 36 yards. Uh, the two other times he went over, uh, he had at least 22 yards. That's the good news. Yeah. The bad news is he had one catch in each of oh. those two games. So you might only need one. All he has to do is get open in the seam, and he could potentially go for 16 and you cash. But I do think that it's a little bit low because we don't exactly like the Chargers linebacking core. And no. 
They drafted Kenneth Murray to try to be a guy. Can we call him a bust at this point? Because I don't think he's very good. Yeah, I think it's a little early still, but yeah, he has definitely not lived up to his. Potential. It has not been trend. He's not been trending in the right direction. Let's put it no. that way. Since he got drafted, so I don't like the coverage skills from any of those guys. I like the over there for Saubert. Uh, you want to make any uh, actual cases for kicking? Because I feel like over one and a half field goals has mostly been money for Denver, especially. We know that the Chargers will always go for it because Staley is a lunatic, for better or worse. <laughs> he's nuts. He's nuts, and that. Go for it on fourth and two attempt against Cleveland last week, which almost blew the game was crazy. Yeah. But still, the point is, I like the over for McManus at one and a half field goals. We've seen Denver really just look like the worst red zone team in the entire league. Yeah. And it's not even close. How do I not just take McManus over? Because he has a huge leg. It's indoors and they're awful in the red zone. So there's several ways you can cash this. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the guy has a boot. And uh, what's the juice at? What's the odds at? Minus what? Uh, it's around minus 115, minus one. Oh, that's not bad at all. I, I like that. It's not too juicy. Pickers are usually around minus 115, minus 120, solely because even though you can go based on the previous games, there is still some luck involved because mm-hmm. you need the offenses to do well enough to get into field goal range, but not good enough to actually score touchdowns. So there is still a bit of chance involved. It's usually why it's around like minus 120, minus 125. Well, let me just see the exact number, but yeah, you'll... but we've we've seen the Broncos go all the way down to the red zone and then just stall out. So mm-hmm. I, I do I do expect him to get two. I, I like that. I feel like that's short, and that's also not exactly an uncommon thing. Denver's been awful in the red zone all season long, mm-hmm. which is a problem because they literally have an offensive minded head coach and they're awful in the red zone. But still, it doesn't. Uh, other... Other than that, though, uh, any other props you want to talk about, or did we kind of cover them up? Because I know we yeah, we kind of covered Wilson. it up. Yeah. We, for the record, Wilson interception is around minus one fifty, which is a little bit too juicy for me. Actually, I don't know if I actually like that as much. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping for minus one thirty, minus one twenty five. Wilson, of course, had been known for being a very secure quarterback with the ball in his hands, and then he went to Denver, and that clearly has not been the case. Uh, Herbert is kind of interesting under half interceptions minus 140, but over. So one interception is plus 105. Mm. Any, any thoughts there are plus money? Uh, I'm not the biggest on interception props I, I, for Herbert. Correct. Yeah. For Herbert, it's plus 105 for a pick. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really like it just because I don't really trust Denver's secondary like that. I, I think they, I think the chargers are more inclined to get a pick as opposed to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. It's mostly based on volume. I mean, Herbert's yeah. attempted at least 34 passes in every game this season. He had an interception against Kansas city and interception against Jacksonville has been clean the last two weeks, but once again, against the Texans and the Browns. So I don't know if that actually means anything, no. yeah. but it is plus money. So I just thought of throwing that out there too. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, but anything else you want to talk about or should we move on to the lock and dog segment? Yeah, we can move it right along. Okay. So we're going to talk about our favorite plays in the lock and dog segment. But before we do that, we're gonna have another quick word from our sponsors. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL red zone plus games in 4k at no extra charge over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable, watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite show with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, if you try 
Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Are you tired of looking at every individual line trying to line shop, but you have to pull up 17 tabs in order to do it? Well, you don't have to do that anymore because Odds Trader gives you one uniform location where you can compare odds from all of the major sports books. It's very convenient. I use it all the time. And you can also compare different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal available. The app also has player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and game day weather, the most underrated part of handicapping, especially football. And it also has a bet tracker, so bettors can keep track of all of their games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for your game day bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Dylan and I just ended up breaking down the Monday night game. Now it's time to get into our favorite plays in the game. Dylan, I'll let you go first. What is your lock for the game? Yeah, so my lock, uh, it's going to be the under under 45 and a half. We have one of the most uh, profitable refs doing this game. Um, and we, we talked about it throughout the episode. The Broncos offense is just so thin. They have no running backs. They really don't have any receivers that scare us offensively. Russ is still a little banged up, and I just can't imagine them scoring a, a ton of points on this Charger team. And the Broncos defense, I think, can hold the Chargers to maybe 20, 24 points to get us under this number. So continue with the primetime unders, 45 and a half. For my lock, I didn't really give any plus money, so I'll do an alternate spread for Chargers, minus six and a half. Uh, if you, Scott, if you have it, it up, you could tell me what those plus odds are because yeah, minus four look. and a half is uh, minus 110. Okay, so let me just pull that up for a second, but your lock yes. is the under and your dog's going to be, you said six and a half? Yeah, Chargers minus six and a half. I see plus 115, or if you want to, you can just take six at plus 108. I'll take the minus six and a half. I think they win by a field, uh, win by a touchdown. I, I just think it might be an ugly close game early, but I think as it comes on later in the game, I think the Chargers are going to pull away. I think they have more offensively. Trust their – I was going to say I trust their coach a little more, but that's, that's very questionable. But I, I think Herbert's the better quarterback. I trust him a little more in this spot at home. Give me the Chargers to beat them by a touchdown. So for me, I'm going to do the same thing as you for the lock. I'm going to double lock the under. I just think that we've seen all the hideous primetime games. We've seen Denver involved in a couple of hideous primetime games. This is probably going to be another one. And this is when the official boycott to get Denver off primetime is going to reach its full force. I like the under. I don't like either offense right now based on the injuries to the offensive line, especially the Chargers want to air it out. Denver's actually good against the pass. They're just good defensively. The issue is the offense is terrible. So I'm going to go with the under. I think you'll see a very competitive 20 to 17 type game. A couple long drives. Both coaches might just self-destruct in the red zone for different reasons. Uh, Denver might kick a bunch of field goals. Chargers might go for it on fourth and two every time and just have a five-minute drive that results in a turnover on downs inside the 20-yard line. And I think that's another way to cash an under. So give me the under. 45 and a half as well. And for my dog, like you, I didn't see many good options. So I will actually go to the interception prop. I am going to take Herbert to throw a pick at plus 105. At the end of the day, I just think that the volume is too high for me not to take it. He's attempted at least 34 passes in every game this season. The offensive line is a little bit banged up. So I do think that the ground game, 
might not work as well as they want it to. But Herbert, we know he's going to want to air it out, and we know occasionally he makes some, let's just say, questionable decisions when he's being pressured. And with that offensive line against Denver's great defensive line, I think he might panic throw one into coverage. We saw Denver's secondary look really good against Matt Ryan, which apparently Jacksonville couldn't do. I don't know how that worked out, but still the point is Denver was opportunistic against him. They're opportunistic against Garoppolo. I think that there is a path here for Herbert, especially with Allen being hurt, Guyton being hurt. They're down a couple of receivers that they want to use. So I think there could be some miscommunications uh, dealing with uh, Denver's very good secondary. Give me the Herbert interception at plus 105. But once again, we didn't really like any dogs, and there's no chance I'm taking the Broncos money line. No, no, no chance. Uh, I, I like the I like the interception prop. I've seen a couple times where he does like to air it out, and sometimes he does do it into double coverage, and I think he could get into trouble there. Uh, I have a question for you. If they just look absolutely hopeless out there offensively, I know they're on the road, but you got 10 days to prepare for this game. If they just look incompetent, and they lose this game bad. Is Nathaniel Hackett a one-and-done? So I think he's automatically a one-and-done. I don't think there's any chance he actually keeps his job after this year. The only question remaining is, will he actually last the entire first season? Yeah. I think the answer is a yes. I think he's going to last the entire year because it would suggest complete ineptitude from the front office if they just Mm -hmm. fire the guy that they just paid about, I don't know, three, four months ago, and they buy out his contract. I don't think that's going to happen. Urban Meyer got fired a couple games in because of conduct issues. It wasn't Mm -hmm. exactly because of play. And I'll tell you what, it should have been also because of play, because Jacksonville was awful (laughs) with Urban Meyer. But still, the point is, I think that he's going to survive the season. That's it. I think he's done. They'll pay him whatever. But he's clearly not the right guy for several reasons, mainly because he's an offensive-minded coach and the offense stinks. But also, the decision-making has been awful down the stretch with the field goal attempt fiasco against Seattle. Managing clock. Managing clock, it's not very good. I wasn't a big fan of, A, throwing the ball in that third-down situation, which Mm -hmm. resulted in the Wilson interception when the Colts couldn't score a touchdown. You could have just kicked a field goal to go up six, and instead you decided to try to put the game on ice and you lost it. And then you also went forward in overtime when you were down three. I know analytics might like it. I hated it. To be honest, when you're in the middle of an overtime game with no touchdowns and about 56, about, sorry, about 66 minutes, you might just want to take a tie. Just going to throw it out there. You you might just want to get out of there with something. But the point is he's not a good coach. We know that. But I don't think he's going to end up getting fired mid-season unless there's some type of conduct issue or the players outright revolt against them. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree. I, I just had, I just had to ask you a question. Cause some of my friends asked me, I think you're right. Oh, they I should fire him. They're not they, going they to. They should, but I don't, all the money they gave, like you said, they bought out his contract. And I just don't think in the NA in the NFL, this is a, a, a position where you could learn on the spot. You need to already know how to do it. He had to hire a guy to help him manage the clock. Mm. I, I just don't understand that. Like, I know you're an offensive coordinator for a while, but you should you should know going into a call, hey, we, we got two plays to go, we got 15 seconds, we got one timeout. But there, there's none of that. And I and I thought maybe with a veteran Super Bowl quarterback like Russ, it would kind of balance it, but he's even playing bad. So it's just two bad things going hand in hand. And I think that it could spiral down really quick. 
Yeah, I think that the season's going to be a lost cause anyway because yeah. Denver just isn't very good, and that was before the injuries. So I don't think it's going to work out. I think the Chargers should fire their coach too, but wow. we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't know about midseason because the Chargers are still competing for a playoff spot. They beat the Browns. I, I get it. They won the game. Yeah. that The final couple minutes there for the Chargers was like prime Staley, wasn't it? What happened? The final couple minutes of that Browns game. Oh, last for, week. for the Wasn't Browns. That just prime it was Staley. Prime Staley. No one understands what's going on in his head. I, I honestly don't understand the play calling. Why you're even going for it at that point? You just he, he had an opportunity, spots, but there's no consistency. No consistency, and I don't think the analytics back it up either. So, uh, yeah, he's. He, People, I think he's a little too smart for his own good sometimes. The, the, yeah, a lot of these guys yeah. think they're too smart. Oh, and as we're talking about bad coaches, I wanted to at least throw out Staley because I think he shouldn't be a head coach either. But it's not as dire as the current Hackett situation. But either way, uh, that's going to wrap it up for yep. the actual episode here of the NFL Gambling Podcast. Uh, looking forward to making money on the game. To be honest, if the Yankees win on Sunday Ooh. right after recording, knock on wood, I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm knocking on my desk. Uh, that means the Yankees play against on Monday. So there's a 0% chance I'll be watching the football game if the Yankees are playing. So just keep that in mind. But before we officially wrap up, Dylan, do want to give you a second to plug whatever you're working on. Dylan, let the people know where they could find you and what you're working on. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Rock with 2 ks 24 And yeah, I'm working on here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. We're wrapping up a very profitable season over at the MLB Gambling Podcast. We'll be out with another episode tomorrow, so be sure to check that out. Like, rate, review, all that good stuff. It really helps the show tremendously. So yeah, that's what I got going on. Yep, and for me, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio, R-E-I-C-H-O Radio, on the NFL Podcast two times a week for the total show on Tuesday and also for the afternoon game podcast with Munaf, which usually gets reported on Friday. Besides that, big news, NBA season starts next week. And you know that Munaf, Terrell, and I, you also have McKee on Fridays. We got all NZB. We got a lot of NBA uh, content producers, a lot of podcasts. Get excited there. But NBA season's upon us. I'm excited. Uh, besides that, I got the prop cast, which I do occasionally got the tennis gambling podcast which i host a couple times a week got a lot of stuff i don't sleep much but either way until next time good luck to all of you and all of your bets bye everyone